0: This is Earning Their Stripes. Danny Martinez, Ian Smith, and Ethan Badowski with you as always, bringing you the latest in Marlins prospect content and updates. Today, we also have a top pitching prospect in the Marlins farm system. Honestly, he's just one of the nicest guys in baseball. Trevor Rogers will be joining us later on in the show. But for now, fellas, let's go ahead and jump into our rundown, which includes a lot. Number one, the Marlins listened to us about Harold Ramirez and Eliezer Hernandez. Number two... Victor Victor Mesa is heating up at a scorching pace. And number three, some very welcome news on the international front, which fans will enjoy and which I know I'm excited for. So, to lead off, Harold Ramirez, Eliezer Hernandez, did we call that or what?
1: Yeah, man,
2: that was all you. I mean, the Harold thing everybody saw coming, but the Eliezer was really that was your call, man, with just knowing the way the roster's set up and everything. I mean, that was all you, brother. Gotta give you credit for that one.
3: <laughs>
0: I mean, it's Absolutely. I'd love Gallon, right? Like we would love if Gallon came yeah. up. But you know, I, I think the way that at least I see it is if Gallen comes up, it's to be a part of that rotation. And if Hernandez comes up, he could be that swing man, first guy out of the pen that we don't have to worry too much about.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: It's awesome. it, it, the Both the moves the Marlins made were very good moves. And uh, uh, Harold came in at the right time because uh, Rider, we didn't have to actually get rid of anybody on the 40 roster. He just – the 40 roster opened because we put him on, what, the 60-day, right? So mm-hmm. he just came in. That was good timing for him. But he deserved to be up anyway, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do.
0: Yeah, same here. And I mean, it it's just it's exciting to have at least Cooper in the lineup. I know not everyone's as high on Cooper as I am. I like I like my uh, older prospects. I don't know why, <laughs> but at least add some depth to the lineup. And, and yeah, it'll be nice to see Harold and Hernandez there. They definitely earned it. Uh, all right. So the big ticket, right? The big ticket. Victor Victor Mesa, everyone wants to talk about him. If we're being honest, we couldn't talk about him much because he started off pretty slow. Uh, But he is not in that category anymore. Over the last 10 games, he's slashing 345, getting on base 424, 414. His OPS is at 838. But the thing that has stayed consistent is that K rate is just beautiful. Uh, 6.1. I mean, he's just not striking out. He's making contact, not hard contact, but he's making contact and he's taking his walks. And we're starting to see that slash improve. So what are your thoughts on on his last few weeks and, and what we're seeing from him?
3: I'm excited. I mean, that's I mean that's as simple as that. I mean, he's not striking out like you just said. That's the first thing that I'm excited to see. I mean, it's been strong line drive at the middle all year, but I saw some video online, and I think one of our colleagues posted that it was a, a triple or might have been a double with an air on the line. I mean, it was on the ball, it was on the ground, but it was an extra base hit, an extra base hit. So that's what I'm excited to see. I mean, he's hitting the ball. I mean, he's coming around. I mean, we knew he could do this, but he hadn't played for two years, so. It was going to take a few weeks, maybe a few months to get ready, and he looks like he's rolling. I mean, he keeps this up, and we could see Jacksonville in the next month or so if he keeps this up because there's no, no need for him to be keep playing like this in Jupiter.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's exciting because, you know, he's at 117 at-bats now, and I think that's when you kind of start, you know, making judgments about the guys' type of season that guys are going to have. And uh, he's really starting to turn a corner finally, and I think that's about it's fair to have expected that you know at a hundred bats, we were kind of looking at it, and we're like, well what the you know what are we really working with here?" Um, but in the last ten days, I mean, you said it, that slash line is really impressive, and I think the most exciting thing to see is uh separation between his batting average and his slugging percentage, um, which means that he's starting to hit for a little more power. Um and, and that was, you know, what we were nervous about at the beginning of the year and then he finally hit a double and we were all excited. Um, but now, you know, to see him we I'd like to see him hit for power a little more consistently and to see that over the last ten days he's finally getting some separation between that OBP and that uh <clears throat> or excuse me, between the batting average and the slugging percentage is exciting and uh, you know, he's still got some work to do. I mean, for the year, his slugging percentage is only 282 and his batting average is 256 and his OPS is 578. So he's still got a ways to go. But these numbers are very exciting to see over the last 10 days. And like Ian said, you know, he's he, he hadn't played in so long, so we knew it might take a minute for him to kind of work through it and get back into the flow. And I think we're seeing that now. And I think we're really seeing him turn a corner uh, during this very exciting hitting streak that he's on.
0: Yeah. And the reality with that is that, I mean, man, he dug himself a pretty big hole like those first 80 at bats that he had because everything was on the ground and he would sneak out a few singles or he would even get a few infield hits because of that speed. But everything was on the ground on the ground. And at least now it seems like from the video we're seeing and it's a testament with the doubles, with the triples that he's 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 getting some angle into the ball. He's making harder contact, and it's nice to see. I'm sure that that slash is going to continue improving, and like Ian said, that he's going to be in Jacksonville um, maybe even sooner than we originally thought after mm-hmm. his tough 81st at-bats, you know? So it, it's it's nice to see, obviously, he was the big international signing this year. He was the one that everyone wanted. He's the one that we traded, what, Barraclaw and uh, Maben for IFA money. Mm, I mean, it, it's It's nice to see him coming around and while we're on the international market conversation that was the other big piece that got released this week right these aren't guys that are going to be immediate prospects for us The deals really aren't even Mm -hmm. completed um but jesse sanchez he's this great mlb.com reporter he is his niche is like international uh international signings international free agents and he released his report it's top 30 international prospects and what teams they're linked to And listen, anyone that tells you they know anything about these players is feeding you BS, right? Like, there's no way that we have gone to Venezuela and gone to the Dominican Republic and know about these 16-year-olds. But Jesse has. And Jesse has spoken to the scouts. And we'll give you just a quick synopsis. So the Marlins are in what's called, I guess, expected agreements to sign two of the top 30 prospects. Number 10 is a young kid, sixteen year old from Venezuela. He's a shortstop, his name is Jose Salas, and these are his profile uh tools. Hit fifty five, power fifty, run sixty, arm fifty five, field fifty. But he's known as the most quote unquote advanced hitter in this class, which is significant for an organization which we're being quite frank, doesn't have a lot of advanced pure yeah. hitters. Yeah. Year. Absolutely. Uh, Junior Sanchez is the number twenty-four overall prospect in this report. He's also expected to sign with the Marlins. He's a lefty, also sixteen. He's from the Dominican Republic, and again, fifty-five hit tool, fifty power run is fifty, arm is fifty-five, fielding is fifty-five. And then we have a curveball really quickly yeah, that, that we're going like to get to. Yeah, uh, Yiddy which i mean look i'm cuban i'm not i have never heard of yiddy say that again yeah say i that mean again. I, i'm <laughs> gonna think, i'm gonna think that it's like Jiddy or Ziddy. i love it all right? i love it but he is a 16 year old from cuba he's 6'3 so he's not you know the, the, oh the shortest god. guy in the world Goodness. he's a pretty big shortstop um 6'3 Six
2: at 16 mm-hmm. years old good mm-hmm.
0: god his nice. hit tool, 55, power, 55, run, 55, arm, 60, and then fielding, 50. So they have some concerns there, and that's, again, because of that size. Um, So we'll see if he transitioned to third or maybe even becomes, I don't know, a center fielder. We'll see. He's very young. We don't know. No one knows. And if they tell Nobody you so, they're lying.
2: This guys. Totally. But-
0: Here's the interesting thing. On MLB.com, you know, they have him as undeclared or he, they don't expect him to sign with anyone. They don't know who they're going to sign with. But then on Instagram, you go and you check out his Instagram <laughs> and it says professional player of Miami Marlins. So, yeah. um, you know, that was later deleted because of his agent. Yeah, his agent probably got a little upset. But, you know, I think as Ethan that said it, he seems like he would be the prize. I, I love Jose mm. Salas as well, at least his profile from what it shows. But getting a Cuban shortstop with that type of size, with that type of advanced hit and power at 16, Is impressive. Um, So, you know, I don't expect us to talk about the players, but what do you think this says about the, the the way the organization is going really investing in international again, after signing the top international uh, player last year?
2: I just really think it's such a positive step for this organization because uh, I just think the last regime didn't really take advantage of enough of the proximity of of Miami to all these guys and how much of a destination Miami is for a lot of these guys especially the Cuban athletes and I just think that it's just great to see because so much of the talent in the MLB um is coming out of is coming out of these you know these international markets and and a lot of the best teams you know when you see the teams I think you might have posted it Danny but it showed the teams that are expected to be active and it's the Cubs and the Astros and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Giants and all these great organizations that have had success, you know, this decade. And then Mm -hmm. the Marlins are right there with them. And one of the teams they did mention was the Marlins. So to see this and to see us have three of the top 30 guys on this list um, you know, you don't know where they'll fit into the Marlins' uh, system necessarily. You would imagine that Solis and Capet would fit pretty, pretty high up.
0: Um, oh, I love somewhere. that pronunciation. That was good, yeah, man. High, hey, man, I'm working. That was on good. It.
2: I'm working on it. Somewhere in the some I, I think they, you know, based on just the profile and the numbers and where they rank within the international market, probably somewhere within the top. 15 to 20 guys in the Marlins system. So these are guys that come in and make impacts. And it's important because, you know, so, like I said, so much talent has come out of here and you, Danny, I know we're one of the leaders amongst this, at least on Twitter of advocating for the Marlins going through the international market and making it really a big step in this rebuild. And they've committed to that so far. They committed to it last year and it seems like they're doing it again. So that's you know, to me, that's another positive step that this organization is taking.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. when when and I'm sorry, I'm going to let you go real quick. Ian, but no, when no, when ahead. they had the town hall, that's the only thing I asked. So they had the mm-hmm. town hall when they first took the ownership group and they had Mike Hill there or whatever the case is. I didn't ask any questions for Jeter. I didn't care about the business side. And then Mike Hill came up and I that's the only thing I asked, you know, we're in Miami. Mm-hmm. Or are we going to be more internationally involved? Because previously they would sell. They would trade away their, their yeah. slot money every year. And, which is, yeah, every single year, it was a mission for them. And quite frankly, it's not like they got anything of, of, of bounty out of it. But it was just so uh, frustrating to see a Yandi mm-hmm. Diaz with the Rays now that could have been here. To see a, a, a Pache. I mean, I know Cunha is, you know, once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But, but Tatis Jr., Guerrero. People look at these top 100 prospects and they don't realize a lot of them weren't drafted. A lot so of them were them. signed internationally. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I am happy to see them going this route. And with that, I will give the floor to Ian.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's same same thing. I mean, the team has been absolutely dormant in the international market for as long as you can remember. Only The only names you can really think of that's been successful out of the international market in Miami would be, I don't know, Marcel Ozuna recently, and now Jose Urania is out of the international market as well. But very few players have came through Miami yeah, okay. that we've signed that have stayed with us and came from the international market. And it's horrible. I mean, it's, it's sad to see because the the, the turn of the... League now is young players and international players, and we've had neither of those in the last five years that we've developed ourselves, besides the ones we've just recently traded away. And to see us uh, sign Victor Mesa and Victor Jr. last year and be in talks with Sandy Gaston for the whole year was huge. I mean, he made his own mistakes. That's pretty much probably the only reason he's not in Miami today, but um. It's, I just think it's fantastic. He is linked to three guys in the top thirty because you can go back, let's say, the last four years. Besides last year, we wouldn't be linked to anybody in the top fifty yep. in the national market. Wouldn't be a chance. You wouldn't see Miami's name anywhere. And there's top level shortstops and in, in a middle infielder signing every year. And it's just it was very frustrating to watch. So I'm ecstatic to see the the growth we've made in the last two years, and I'm excited to see what we're gonna do with it.
0: Absolutely. And the answer to why you know I, I don't want to go on a David Sampson situation was because you had to spend money. You had to spend money. And yeah. the only people yeah. that we have are because they got them relatively cheap. You know, like the best prospect mm-hmm. that we have right now that's performing well is, is hit in Carnacion and they were able to get him yeah. really cheap. Yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah. the change now is that they're willing to spend money there um with that being said these guys actually aren't signed yet so we have to wait until the market opens but typically when we see number one on instagram saying hey i'm a Miami marlins player yeah. that guy's probably gonna sign and the other two i mean jesse sanchez when he says this is the favorite to sign them is like a 99 percent rate and like you said ian the only reason sandy who was favorite to us last year gaston didn't make it was because of things kind of on their end uh and so it's it's, off, it's nice to see
4: the
2: I believe the market opens July 2nd, right? And then, yeah. And then that's the day that everybody signs. And yeah, and logos you can, start popping you'll up see on Jesse's pipeline. name
3: all over Twitter saying, agreement yeah, exactly. here, agreement there, agreement there. Yeah, here. Like, yeah. Literally all you'll see all day. And So yep. if he's going to do all day. the agreements, <laughs> then yeah, I'm happy with it. It's going to be a good day. We're getting there. Almost yeah, yeah. there. It's, it's like a, a it draft,
2: goes. and then that's pretty much the next step, which we got some draft coverage coming.
0: Yep. Oof, yep. Foreshadowing.
2: I that know is Ian. coming down
0: Ian the line
3: over there in the corner. I've ready. been waiting. I don't. I haven't cared about the draft this much. I mean, I've always cared uh-huh. about it, but the last few years since I've been like this, focused on prospects, I've just fell in love with it. Yeah. So it's fun <laughs> seeing these stupid inflated stats in high school and college. And just, like <laughs> trying to trying to pick through them. It's ridiculous. Some of those stats are insane, man. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> dumb. No, I'm excited. Guys, <laughs> yeah, like,
0: hopefully, it. hopefully everyone out there is just team earning their stripes. But for anyone that's team Ian. Just wait. Just just, just wait. I got
3: it. I got it. Just wait till the draft episode comes,
0: which you know I'm saying what guys like in two weeks probably you know that it'll it'll, it'll, whatever the case may be it'll get there. Um, But yeah, we have the draft, we have the international signing, and then that same month we have the deadline. So a lot of a lot of franchise organization changing moves will happen in that month. Um, all right, so we spoke about the hypotheticals. We spoke about the individuals with the interesting names that the Marlins might sign. Let's talk about the guys that are here, and specifically, yes. I want to start off with the guys that are just just performing really well the last two weeks. And I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the lead and just say two guys because I have to. All right, so number one, if everyone remembers talk a few it, episodes baby. ago, right? Like I gave Ethan a hard time about Rizzo, okay, and then the following episode. Ethan gave me a hard time, that I chose Mr. Uh-huh. Demetrius Sims as the under-the-radar player and that he just Look kind of slashed. just fall ba- fell backwards, right? Well, here's Sims' last two weeks. 379, 486, 517. Now, he's striking out a lot, okay? Still, you know, 29%, but he's also walking 12%. But let's just go ahead and focus on the slash for a second. Yeah, oh, Again, 379.
2: Jeez,
0: just beautiful again shortstop with clinton okay and we could talk a lot about clinton but i i just want to thank demetrius personally because he has given me some sense of just you know a little bit of pride now a little bit of pride you know bubba holland's which was ian's guy was like just destroying the minors and he got hurt a little bit um but yeah so demetrius is back and demetrius is performing well and and then the guy that again i've told you my crush isan diaz Just one of mine, too. uh, Just. uh, Yeah, I'm
4: in love with them. (laughs) Getting on base
0: 41% of the time. Uh, Slash was 222. So the average is, uh, it is what it is, right? And and a lot of people hyper focus on the average, but I would hesitate to not do that with this type of player. This is a plate approach on base and then some level of pop. All right. Over the last two weeks, 222, 417, 481, two home runs striking out around 27%, but walking around 22% with a 900 OPS. So it's a beautiful thing to see. And I think yesterday he just hit another, another ball. Yeah, he
2: hit a a, a two run shot yesterday. And then the one thing I want to mention is, yeah, he's striking out a little more during this hot stretch, which is interesting that he's getting hot and striking out. Um, But he's still only striking out at a 23% clip for this season, which if that were on a full season, um, except for one stint with rookie ball, except for uh rookie ball in 2015 with the Diamondbacks would be his lowest career strikeout percentage. So he's really not striking out at all this year. Um, just a great year from him so far, you know, despite what the average might say and the power needs to go up a little bit. It's going up these past few weeks, but, uh, man, he's getting hot and he's, he's crushing the ball right now. Absolutely crushing the ball. And 481 slugging is where we want to see his slugging, hopefully, for an entire year. Um, So, yeah, man, Uh, me and you both, Danny, I love that guy, too.
3: And he's getting really hot recently, and it's really awesome to see. Well, another guy that I've seen a lot this year and tearing the cover off the ball and getting on base now 51% of the time is Jose Devers four hundred the last two weeks. He's walking thirteen percent of the time. He's only striking out a little under three percent. The kid is literally just getting on getting on base any way he can at this point. I mean, he didn't walk the first hundred at bats of the year and now he's starting to walk, it seems like every night. It's great to see yeah. out of him. We're gonna talk about it again because he's nineteen. But um I saw some some stuff on Twitter this week talking about that's not anything that's special about being nineteen in the Florida State League went yeah you're a year and a half younger than any of your counterparts. I mean that's a difference. I mean, you don't play against kids that are top level when you're sixteen years old. I mean, with these other with these other kids who are playing high school ball, like' these kids dominating yeah. a, le- a level that he shouldn't be dominating, and it's something to give credit to, and we're not going to let that go to waste.
2: Yeah, and Danny and I were in that fight together, and I don't even want to talk about it because it was just so frustrating. That <laughs> uh, right, I saw
0: it's it so I way. We, we were on the same
2: side. Watch. It was crazy, man. I mean, just, just you no. Know, but people just will just refuse to give credit to anything just done. But anyway, um, I mean, yeah, you can't talk about this guy enough. And I tweeted out something either this morning or last night. I always get jumbled about when I tweet things out because I tweet so much. But um, he's the the he's leading the Florida State League in average the hammer hedge tweeted that out while also being the youngest player in the league and it, that that's just incredible and um you know i don't know if it's too early to say let's send him to jacksonville um but if he keeps performing like this uh i mean get him moving <laughs> you know keep him absolutely. moving keep him moving down the line um because i mean he's striking out at such a low percentage this year i mean 2.7 during this stretch um, i'm 12.1 for the entire year k percentage and we just can't talk about him enough i could talk about him all day and um he's been absolutely fantastic and uh yeah you know the, the marlins have been quick to move guys up they moved him up last year when he started to get in hot in greensboro um, they moved him up to Jupiter right away. Right away, and I see no reason not to move him up to Jacksonville if this continues for another two or three weeks. You know, I mean, he's a guy that could definitely be worthy of a quick promotion at 19 years old playing in Double A would just be absolutely amazing, um, and deserves all. Kid deserves all the credit in the world. It's amazing. It's amazing what he's doing.
0: Yeah, and maybe it's just like the Jeter effect where no one wants to give credit where it's due, like oh. you said. But I mean, I really, we have people in the comments and fish bites that are just waiting for the week that Devers falls off. And it is not happening. Mm. It's just, no, it, it's I mean, not. he's not going to maintain this. Of course not. Yeah. But it's not happening that, you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe this week we won't get to talk about him on the pod. Maybe this week we're going to have to talk about yeah. regression. And it just, he continues raking at the play, which isn't even what he's known for. He's a glove yeah. first prospect. He yeah. was real quick cool mean, to I mean, be my player of the week. You know,
3: it was yeah. it was tough for him not to be my player of the week. And this dude was an all-star as an 18-year-old in full A-ball last year. He's clearly on his way to being an all-star and high A-ball this year at 19. Like, the kid has been performing since he's been in this Marlins system and just doesn't get the love he deserves. Yeah, and, and yeah. it'll come. And, it, it'll
0: come.
2: And just, you know, I'm, I'm even waiting for him to slow down a little bit, you know, because – he kind of did the same thing last year. We got really, really hot, and but not for this long. Even last year, when he was really hot in um, Greensboro, and then his numbers leveled out to like two seventy three, three 332. But his numbers right now just jump jump off the page at you three fifty four, four twenty one, three ninety six. Um, he's never gonna hit for a ton of power, but um, he, you know, he hasn't slowed down. So I have no reason to start thinking he's gonna slow down anytime soon. And yeah, just deserves all the credit in the world, like we keep saying, you know, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, we're definitely big fans of Devers here. On yeah, the I would and say. With good so. reason. With I would good say reason. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we have we have about 10 minutes before Trevor Rogers comes. So I just wanna highlight two quick players and then we'll get to our segments. Okay. Number mm-hmm. one is Lasado Alonso. He's a first baseman that we always keep yeah. we're gonna keep talking about first base prospects in this podcast. His last two weeks, 367, 472, 433. Here's the big one, only striking out at 16%, walking at 13.5. So it's good to see, you know, last week we spoke and we highlighted Sean Reynolds. This week we get to highlight Lázaro Alonso a little bit. Always nice when a first-base prospect performs. And then the other guy, which is, we think of him as an MLB player, but again, JT Riddle obviously got demoted and he's now at New Orleans. Over the last two weeks, 290, 371, 516, only a 3% K rate, which we should expect from an advance, at least when considering that he's now in New Orleans at bad approach. walk rate. He has two doubles, a triple, a homer. I mean, he's playing well. And the interesting caveat here is that he's also getting reps in center field. Mm -hmm. So something to monitor. Um, If he comes back, you know, does he share time with Rojas? Does he start getting some reps at center field if he could hold his own? Um, But again, nice to see JT Riddle showing that he might still be able to contribute and Lazaro Alonso showing that we might actually have some first base prospects in the system. Hopefully he can keep that up um all right ian take it away with your pitcher of the week
3: uh pitcher of the week it's the guy i talk about probably every week so far i mean he's been dominating to start of the year and that's chris volumont down in clinton i mean it's another week another quality start he went seven gave up three hits one earned run struck out seven walked walk two um he led the team to a victory on the year he's got a 250 or 2.52 era struck out 46 just walked 11 I mean, he's just, been, he's just been a stud this year. He had a rough year last year in Clinton, or excuse me, in Greensboro. So it's been exciting to see him come back and have a great year this year, and this week was just another exciting, exciting start from him. And my hitter of the week is, another, again, another guy I can't stop talking about, Austin Dean. Yeah. I mean, he's in, he's in New Orleans still for odd, some odd reason, but he is doing nothing but destroying the baseball. Uh, his last nine games, his slash line is four twenty four, four eighty six, and eight forty eight. Like, what are you, what are you gonna do with that? He's got two doubles, four homers. He's got ten RBI. He's he's walked four times. He's only struck out five. He's made his first career starts at first base during this stretch. I mean, he, he's playing everywhere. I mean, he's playing at first base is something I definitely want to talk about because not three weeks yeah. ago we were on here just clamoring about maybe giving him some reps there and it's happening and it's exciting to see he's made 23 putouts. he's only made one error he looks as comfortable as you as comfortable as somebody who's never played the position would be but he's playing well and man he is tearing the cover off the ball i could just i can't i can't help it but talk about him he's yeah. hitting homers seems like every night i see i see mish post a video of him just destroying something no doubter so it's exciting to see and um I hope he just keeps getting reps at first base. I mean, that could be a a breaking point in his career and really see something he can do with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that's probably the only reason that he's not up. You know, you mentioned why is he not up yet, and I'd probably say that's why um, because he's just probably – they just are waiting until he feels totally comfortable at first base. But like you said, man, I mean, he's so hot right now. And uh, he, he, you know, hopefully he can contribute that to the MLB lineup because obviously it could use it. Um, But it will be nice once he's ready to play first base at a major league level to have a guy bring some power there. And, you know, hopefully he can be, you know, I wouldn't say he's a long-term solution at first base, but, you know, a kind of hangover solution that's there for a couple years that can kind of hold down the fort for a little bit. Um, But talking about Valmont, dude, I mean, we got to start talking about Clinton more because there are a lot of guys that are having really nice years there. And and Valmont just keeps That's having, I mean, I was tweeting about it during his start. He just keeps putting up numbers every time he goes out on the mound.
3: And, 12 days um, last week, 7 this yeah. week.
2: Yeah, just having such a great year. And that Clinton team is very nice and deserves a little bit more attention than we might give them. Um, but they've got some really quality players there. And uh, it's exciting to see some some good pitching coming out of there. Because, you know, coming into the year, we didn't expect to have a lot of pitching there. But um, Valmont has been a really, really nice uh, surprise almost. And I think he could be a call-up candidate come soon.
0: Yeah, I agree. We have to start talking about Clinton. And that's just, again, yeah. another testament to how deep yeah. this this farm system is. And I'll say this, Ethan, uh, Ian and myself are really nice people. I promise you, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be modest. That's like the fourth or fifth thing that we've called on this, yeah. epi- on this podcast. And we've only been with each other. Like we got some good notches already for only yeah. being with each other for a month and some change. It's nice to see Dean taking yeah. th- those reps at first. I mean, it's something that we wanted to see. It's a way for him to get back to the majors and possibly stick there. Unless, you know, the Marlins find out something else at first, whatever the case is, that's for another conversation, but happy, happy, Happy to see that. All right, Ethan, go for it.
2: Yeah, uh, so things we love to see this week. First thing I want to talk about is the New Orleans lineup. Uh, We already talked about Dean, and we already gave Isan some love. But how about Monte continuing to stay hot? Um, Power's kind of gone down a little bit over the last 10 days. He's only slugging 396 um, right now. But uh, he hit another home run the other night. And he's still getting on base a bunch. Um, his OVP at 346 right now, average. They, oh, or this is over the last 10 days. He's slashing 292, 346, and 396. Um, Kang under 30%. Walks are at a pretty nice percentage. So he's still hitting really well. Dean's hitting really well. Uh, Harold was tearing the cover off the ball. He was still there. Riddle's playing well. It just seems like right now there must, must be a fight at the back or bat rack because everybody wants to hit and everybody is hitting. And then even um Brinkson's been a really nice addition to that lineup. Um, you know, his, his numbers aren't great yet. Um, but he's walking more than he was in the MLB uh, right now, which, you know, he's <laughs> not saying too much. But um, his average over the last is slash line over the last 10 days is 250, 357 and 361. So um, he's up to, you know, a nice start there. Um, and, and he's over the past few days, he's really come on. He had a nice three hit night the other night. Uh, he's got a few doubles recently. Um, so the, showing the power a little bit and just nice to see him taking care of AAA pitching and not going over four every night. Um, so that lineup has just been on fire and they're scoring runs plenty right now. And so that's really exciting. And uh, we definitely love to see that and hope it continues, especially our boys at the top there who have been so great in that one, two punch uh, Montanis San. let's move on to Will Banfield again, back, on things we love to see this week. Uh, Nice week, last 10 days from him. 263, 300, 421 slash uh, power, double, triple home run over the last 10 days. And then for some reason, these guys keep trying to run on him and he keeps showing them why they shouldn't. And so nice to see the bat kind of heating up for him as the weather in Clinton heats up and uh, he makes another appearance on things we love to see this week. And then the third guy I'm going to talk about, is a guy that I haven't really talked about a lot at all. Um, I didn't even really know too much about him coming into the year, but everybody, he was the talk of the system almost coming into the year for a lot of people, and that's Jordan Holloway. And uh, he's gone scoreless over his last two starts. He went five and a third, one hit, no runs, five strikeouts uh, in his last start. And he's been looking really nice. He's had a couple of shaky starts um this year but last two starts he's really settled down and he's actually had a nice year when you look at the numbers. Um the only thing that concerns me with him is he's giving up a bunch of walks. He had a night nice, that in that nice start that I just mentioned, he he managed to walk four, um but it's good to see him limit the damage. I mean only one hit and no runs. Um but you know, walking four is not what we want to see so hopefully that doesn't mean a trip down the bullpen for him I would like to see him be a starter because of what I hear about his stuff and just his numbers are really nice um so Holloway getting some love I think he deserves it we haven't talked too much about him but I know I think you guys are both really high on him um and I'm still learning to love him but you know if he keeps putting these numbers together I think I'll definitely uh become a
0: big fan um oh, yeah I- I consider Ian like the Holloway specialist, so you go for
3: it. No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jordan Alley. I think his stuff is is phenomenal. I mean, he has a chance to throw three plus pitches. His fastball can hit triple digits. I mean, his big thing is control right now. He's only got 200 innings on his arm in his career. He hasn't thrown 50, he hasn't thrown more than ten ten innings since 2017, besides this year. I mean, it's going to take him some time. I think he'll spend the whole year in Jupiter, but he has mm. got the potential to be a phenomenal starting pitcher. He's got the body. He's got the size. I mean, he's still growing. He's, he's a slender kid. Like, the kid's got a bunch of athletic talent, and I think if he controls where he, where his stuff, he can be really, really good going forward and continue to be a starter instead of moving to the bullpen. Just one thing I want to ask you guys based off what Ian said.
2: How many of these guys in Jupiter right now
3: do you think last the
2: whole year? I'm curious. Just real quick. You think all of them make it through? I'm I have no idea. You know, I don't know how quickly these guys should or shouldn't get
3: promoted. But you think a lot of
2: these guys survive the year in Jupiter will, or you think some of them make it up?
3: I think it's tough. I mean, a lot of these guys in Jupiter might even be on innings limits that we don't know mm-hmm. about. I mean uh-huh. I could see I could see Edward Cabrera if he stays hot like this making yeah. a start in double yeah. a, but I think he might be the only one. Will Will could get hot again and, and make a start as well, but I don't see Brax, Trevor, or Jordan mm-hmm. making the move up. But I see Valleymont in that roster probably in the next few weeks. So, yeah. I mean, something's going to have to give on, with that. So, I don't know what we're going to do. But if Eddie stays hot like this, then damn. I mean, he could be yeah. a 21-year-old in Double A throwing throwing gas and see, really see what we have in the kids. So, Sorry for my language there. (laughs) Eli will will
0: possibly or possibly not bleep that out. No, I'll I'll parrot that. Um, I think that Rodgers, Garrett, and Holloway stick together. You know, not like they're sticking together as friends. I think that the organization will will allow them to mature together. And I do think that Will Stewart is someone who, if he starts picking it up a little bit, could be uh, promoted. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just hard to see what Cabrera is doing and not consider that he might get a few starts later on in the year, which will... Maybe if they hold on on Valavant, allow for that spot to go up. Um, with that mm-hmm. being said, Edward Cabrera is now healthy again because we had an issue, uh, a scare with his finger, um, oh, but yes. he's good. And and you know, just keeping you updated for that, he's probable to start this year. Sixto Sanchez, who was in that lineup or rotation, has been promoted. It's funny that we didn't even talk about that, but c'est la vie. Um, so he's going to be making a start. Do you guys know what day yet or no? In Jacksonville, uh,
2: I'm not I, think, what day. I think. I think. It's tomorrow okay. because Eli asked me, um, and it just couldn't work. So I think it's tomorrow, and then again this weekend. Eddie's going on Thursday in Jupiter. I'm probably going to go and just try and take some casual video.
0: Perfect, perfect. And then just one last note, Amante, for those of you that really love prospect lists, um, he's now a top 100 again for Pipeline. You know, we're not – I don't be. think we – Yeah, I don't think we overly, like, obsess on rankings here on this podcast, but still, it's nice to see that he's getting some consideration. Um, Devers next. Yeah, I mean, this midseason report, if they keep Devers off, it would just show you what happens with these rankings. All right, so with our last few minutes here, my under-the-radar is someone who actually made a lot of noise over the offseason because everyone was wondering why the hell Nick Wickren was traded. And the person who came back was Jordan Milbrath. He is a six yeah. foot six inch righty, right? And he uh he's been good. You know, he's older I'm and that's why everyone... boy,
3: right? There you yeah, go. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this guy. I mean, he he's got some filthy stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. First off, you know, Wells doesn't barry had a, a good article that um you know, Milbrath was given an ultimatum. Basically he was given an ultimatum to switch his arm slot. So he became the sidearm pitcher and his velocity has gone up. So he's basically that slider sinker mix, right? That's what you're looking for out of him, out of the pen, but he's touching 97 sitting in the mid nineties. His slider is around mid eighties. And quite frankly, with the line and and the performance he's put up, I would expect him to be at Marlins park by sometime uh, in September. He is currently as a reliever, he's only 16 innings into his season, but nonetheless, 1.69 ERA, and the Ks are 20, so 20 strikeouts to four walks. Um, nice. So, yeah, you know, when that trade went down, honestly, I even was a little um, thrown back. I didn't understand the reason, and especially since mm-hmm. Wickren himself is 27, um, but it's nice to see Jordan Milbrath just, I guess, just shutting people up too and showing yeah. that he is he is potent and that he can performing probably will be at marlins park sooner rather than later
3: he control he controls a 97 mile an hour sinker from the sidearm is is something special i mean thinking thinking blake tree and slider sinker and seeing that from the sidearm would just terrify me so i mean if he can control that that could be definitely a healthy piece we could use going forward even as an older prospect
0: and and that's why I'm sure he was targeted. And oh, yeah. thank goodness for whoever gave him the ultimatum for that switch in arm slot, because it clearly, clearly has worked. Yeah. All right. The moment everyone has been waiting for. Also, happy Mother's Day to everyone that's out here. Absolutely. All the mamas. Yeah. Love you, mama. I'm sure if you all want to say love you, mama, to your mamas as well. Love you,
2: mom. Then, love you, mom.
0: Then we're good. Uh, Trevor Rogers will be joining us in just a few seconds. We're going to ask him a lot of different questions. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of insight for us. This is going to be good. Off to an excellent start to the 2019 campaign and honestly known as one of the nicest guys in the organization, Trevor Rogers. Trevor, thank you for coming on today. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to have you guys on. Will was great four weeks ago. Monte was great two weeks ago. And I'm sure that we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time today. Um, I'd actually like, I'd like to start off with a question that shows, at least in my opinion, what the organization thinks about you uh you were selected as a captain's camp member this year and captain camp for those that don't know is kind of a gary denbow project uh brings together young prospects future leaders of the teams for for them to interact for them to fellowship with each other uh to get to know the higher ups the grounds crew uh, it's, it's a beautiful program uh trevor i hope that you could just kind of tell us a little bit about that experience for you what it meant for you to be part of that
1: i mean it was definitely uh, an honor to be chosen um, I really do appreciate, uh, getting the chance to be there early with the guys and at the front office, uh, thinks of me that, uh, highly. And I mean, uh, it was just, just a chance to, uh, get, get some work in, uh, get back to the community a little bit and, uh, really, uh, spend some time with the guys that are going to be part of this organization for the long run. And, uh, it was, it was a really special time during that, during that period. You know, speaking of guys that are
4: being around guys that are going to be part of this organization in the long run, we talk a lot about this Jupiter rotation that you're in on this podcast, and it's just so talented from top to bottom, and now Sixto Sanchez is leaking into it while he's rehabbing, and I just want to know, uh, being in that rotation, we asked Will Stewart about this, being in that rotation and being around so much talent, how does it help you, you know, what do you benefit from that, and you think you've performed better being around all that talent this year?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'd say it's a lot, a lot of competition amongst the guys in the rotation, uh, always trying to compete against each other. I mean, uh, he went seven innings, didn't give up a run, got a few hits. And mm-hmm. I want to go out there and do even better. So it's really good competition amongst the group of guys, and it's it's really fun to watch – each one of those guys go out there and compete for us. And, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Is there anything you feel like you've learned from them that
4: you, you wouldn't have learned not being around that much talent this year?
1: Uh, yeah, probably just, I mean, the way they go about attacking hitters. I mean, every one of them is different. Hmm. Kind of pick all of their brains a little bit, how they hold certain pitches, what are they thinking when they're throwing a certain pitch. Um, and just their mentality when they go out on the mound. It's, it's uh, you can never learn too much. So I try to pick all their brains a little bit.
0: And I mean, the reality is that you're obviously quite talented yourself. I'm sure that they don't just you don't just learn from them, but they get to learn um, from you and what you put out on the mound without giving too much of your uh, trade secrets away. Is there anything that you have been focusing on from a developmental perspective this year?
1: Uh, yeah, it was definitely, um, working in both, both sides of play on all my pitches. Um, and definitely just learning how to set up a hitter. Uh, the off speed has definitely come around tenfold. Uh, our pitching coach, Ree Cornelius, has been doing an unbelievable job. Um, uh, just with, uh, staying within my mechanics, throwing my off speed consistently. Um, uh, making it look more deceptive than it was the last year and uh, um, it, it's really coming along it's 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 uh, good good progress in the right direction it seems like everybody in that rotation
4: has been thrown a lot of off speech stuff is that something you guys have been told to do is you know don't worry just go out and do it because if if it if it works you're gonna get the results that you need don't worry about the bad that could happen you know just go out and do it because seems like everybody in that rotation has some kind of nasty off-speed stuff, and everybody's really thrown it and getting a lot of strikes out of it, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you want to keep going, uh, moving up in the direction that you want to go in, <clears throat> you're going to have to throw that off-speed and, and fastball counts and kind of pitch backwards because, I mean, the, the hitters get better, so you're going to have to uh, get better as well. So, I mean, it's definitely – Definitely a plus when you could uh, kind of pitch backwards, uh, throw a breaking ball in when, when the fastball count and kind of mm-hmm. get their head spinning a little bit. So it's it's definitely part of the uh, progression as well.
0: Trevor, um, you know, I know we're focusing on, on baseball, uh, the, the, that perspective for a second, but I have a quick question for you. Um, you know, I kind of hinted at it. In the introduction, that you're one of the nicest guys in this system, and I'm not sure if you've gained insight to the fact that fans think that about you yet or not. Um, but I wonder if you can shed a little bit of just personal perspective of where you think that comes from. Right? Is it just a? It's a part of you. It's it's the way that you were raised. Is it effortful? Um, we hear about guys like Pablo Lopez, and I make the joke all the time that he could be pitching game seven of a world series, or he could be your local grocer and he's still going to be the same Pablo Lopez. We're starting to get mm-hmm. that flavor of you, like just like a nice, a nice person. I wonder if you can add some personal perspective on that and, and what made you the way that you are?
1: Oh yeah, I think it's definitely, uh, there's a couple things. I think it's definitely from where I came from. Uh, my parents definitely, for sure, they raised me to be a, a humble uh, man of God and, uh, and just show unconditional love to everybody. And, uh, I just, I just treat people the way they should be treated. I mean, it's, it's not too hard, but um, there's some people that's pretty hard for them. But for me, it's, I don't see myself any more than just Trevor Rogers. And yeah, I just, I, I like treat, treating people kindly and fairly. And I mean, it's, and it's definitely coming from a, a small town in New Mexico. I mean, Everyone knows everybody, and so yeah, it, it, all those things definitely come into play. and uh, as as for me,
4: yeah. Speaking of where you grew
2: up, you know, New Mexico <laughs> wouldn't normally say it's the biggest baseball hotbed, you know, out there, and, uh, and and there's not any baseball really near it. I guess you have the Diamondbacks in Arizona, but. What was mm-hmm. that like, you know, being such a talented guy and and getting drafted, you know, in the first round and coming out of a, a, a state that isn't normally known for its baseball? Yeah,
1: I mean, um, all we had as much as baseball wise is we have uh, the Rockies, Triple A and Albuquerque, the isotopes. I mean, I would go up there uh, in my younger days and watch some games and uh, that was definitely a good time. But uh I think it was coming from, I guess you'd say, somewhat of an isolated part of the country. It's uh it was kind of my drive and uh, my my fuel of the fire that I could prove to people that it doesn't matter where you come from, that you can still accomplish great things if you're willing to put in the work. And uh, so yeah, that was that was always my my motivator. That I didn't I didn't want that to be the excuse of why I didn't accomplish what I accomplished. Yeah and then and then speaking of
2: getting drafted you were known as one of you know the most projectable guys you you just had one of the highest ceilings when you were coming out and uh you were you were only 19 though uh in the end you feel your age had any decision on where you were drafted do you think that helped you and 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 <clears throat> you think that's part of the reason the Marlins took you so early
1: Oh yeah I'm 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 sure it is and the uh, kind of my agent actually talked to me about this and the if it's true or not, but a couple of teams passed up on me because I was a little bit older for my age, which I kind of mm-hmm. thought was a little ludicrous, but but that's the way it goes sometimes. I have no hard feelings about it anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad I ended up where I ended up and have a lot of good opportunities here and uh, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah. And I'll actually follow up on that because I'm pretty sure that the Marlins are happy <laughs> you <laughs> ended over here too. And the way you're performing and the way you were able to rehab yeah. and the, the trajectory you're on, um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's interesting because Monte, again, was here two weeks ago and he kind of uh, left us with this unplanned but super motivating speech on, you know, the future of the organization, a message to the fans, the fact that there is a plan for success, even if at the major league level right now, we might not be feeling that, um, you know, there's absolutely no pressure for you to replicate what Monte did as his, his coach speech at the end. But I wonder what your thoughts are on the future of the franchise being a part of uh, really being a part of the answer. Uh, many people look at you as someone who will be here when this team is ready to truly compete. I, I wonder what your thoughts are on where this franchise is moving forward.
1: Uh, I'm excited, to be completely honest. I mean, it's it's hard to see the big picture now, but I kind of look back to the Astros uh, mm-hmm. back in probably around tw- 2012 when they were just starting their rebuild. And then you look in 2017, they won the World World Series Championship and they're going to the playoffs every year and that's that's gonna be Miami. It's not whether if it's gonna happen. It's it's gonna happen. I can guarantee you that. And we have guys in the front office with Dimbo and Dick Scott and everyone up there that they're they're here to win and they're not gonna take anything less than that. And uh there's definitely definitely just a new culture that is in Jupiter and in Miami that we're not here for what, what what was in the past and that's that's no longer acceptable anymore. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. That's definitely definitely gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's it's hard to see right now. I Understand, but you gotta have patience with this. And it's this is for the long haul, not for a couple of years. So just gotta have patience. And it'll it'll work out in the end. One guy that you're
4: playing with right now in Jupiter, Trevor, that seems to really be making his case to be a part of that future is jose devers he's just Mm -hmm. setting on the world on fire recently how exciting is it to watch him and does his energy and the way
2: he's hitting the ball do do you guys kind of feed off that kind of thing when a guy is that
4: hot the way that he is right now
1: yeah absolutely uh it's it's unbelievable what he's able to do at 19 years old i mean getting 360 and high a and I mean and he's just even kill about it. I mean, his mental side of the game is very impressive, and uh uh the way he gets a, uh, gets us going uh to start the ball game on the offensive side is is definitely a good thing, and uh it's going to be really exciting to watch him in a few years when he's playing shortstop in Miami and just driving in runs and making things happen. It's going to be really exciting to watch him.
0: Obviously your focus on baseball but t- tell the fans mm-hmm. something about you that's interesting outside of baseball or something that you really keep uh, track on or that's close to you.
1: Uh I've been really into uh they came out with the new uh Ted Bundy movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something about I don't know, uh, there's something about him that just kind of it's kind of interesting to me. Uh yeah, I've been into that uh I can I I study scripture as well. That's another big hobby hobby of mine, not a hobby but it's what I like to do. Right. Um and yeah, it's just mainly those two things and uh, go to the ball field and play some ball and yeah, and <clears throat> Watch history of serial killers. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's yeah. a good balance. I, I like yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of my own strange little thing, I guess you could say. <laughs> that, that's awesome.
0: That's awesome. So, okay, so you previously mentioned, you know, you're a man of faith and you're a man of yeah. God, and, and that you dive into Scripture. Do you incorporate that uh, as part of being a ball player? Whether it's getting ready for the games, or if you have a tough outing, knowing that your identity is found not just in baseball, but elsewhere. I wonder what that relationship looks like for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm here because of God, and uh, he's given me this opportunity, and uh, I try to be as Christ-like as I can be. Uh, it, it's hard when I'm out there competing, uh, me cussing up a storm, and I'm not doing uh, <laughs> the way I should be. But, uh, uh, I, I try my best, and uh, I try to be uh, the light with some guys, and uh, Yeah, it's definitely hard, but I try try my best. One thing I've been
2: curious about with this rebuild is, is, you know,
1: how aware
2: are you of what's going on, not just in Jupiter, but at other levels? And what kind of guys are performing, you know, in Jacksonville or in New Orleans. And do you guys in the clubhouse kind of keep an eye on that? Or do you, you know, hear that through the grapevine kind of? How connected are these systems uh, that, you know, throughout the Marlin system that you see?
1: Uh, I think we're pretty well connected. Um, as for like every day, we don't really follow up on them every day. Uh, mm-hmm. But we kind of talk like, hey, this guy got moved up to AAA. Hey, this guy's been tearing yeah. it up in AA, so on and so forth. I mean, like, mm-hmm. Zach Gallen absolutely destroying AAA. Yeah,
4: he's tearing it up.
1: Uh, Monte, I've, I've heard he's doing pretty well uh, as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guzman, uh, Brian Miller, all those guys up in AA, Joe. So, I mean, we, we keep tabs even in mm-hmm. uh, low A. I mean, you got Banfield throwing guys out left and right. Yeah. And, uh, so it's it's definitely, yeah, we keep tabs on all the guys. And it's good to see them do well.
4: Yeah, that's awesome to see. And what, what, what kind of relationship do you have with those guys, even though you're not
2: playing with them on a daily basis? I mean, I guess it comes from, you know, the off-season work that you guys do and spring mm-hmm. training and stuff. But where does that relationship come from and what's it like?
1: Um, I think it's just being around each other every day during day spring training. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I talk a little bit more to other guys, than I do some, but uh, we have a, just a bunch of great group of guys uh, up and down this organization, and uh, we're all we're all really close to each other because we know that we're all striving for one goal, and that's to be in Miami and winning championships. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's it's
2: awesome. Yeah, you
1: know, you know we're a great group of guys. That's awesome. All right, Trevor, we're
4: going to get you out of here on this. We've been getting everybody out of here on this. I'm obsessed with
2: the minor league lifestyle. I think it can get crazy sometimes, and I know there's got to be some hilarious stories out there. So give me something, you know, either the worst place you've played or an experience that you've had that just sums up the minor league lifestyle and really like puts it into perspective as to – what you guys do on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you've played in some nice places. Greensboro is a nice yeah, place, so. And so is Jupiter. But, you know, anything on the road that you've come across, that's just
1: been like, wow, it could be worse. Last year, just during the bus rides, uh, sometimes, like, the door uh, in the back of the bus where the bathroom is would kind of stay open. Oh. So you kind of get a mixture of, like, the cleaning solution with a little bit of uh, pee and just that nasty snow oh. while we were driving and probably one of the funnier stories is we were in Del Marva last year and I don't know what happened to the hotel. I think there's some kind of something going on. So we had to stay at like a local college. There's nothing around oh. the college, like no restaurants or anything. And we had to stay in like their like I guess like little dorms that they would have oh. like to the traveling teams and it was, oh my it was, god i'm like man this is this is this is it i made it i'm like man this is this is unbelievable that's oh those my are the god yeah those are the moments you have to say that you, you have to kind of look in the big picture of why you're doing it so it,
4: yeah it was
1: it was pretty pretty comical
4: I promise you, Miami is better than Del Mar. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> whatever yeah, that dorm is,
2: room you're staying in, there, man. <laughs> that, that's all the
0: motivation that you need, man. Yeah, I'm telling
2: you. for sure, man.
1: Oh yeah, uh,
0: good because All right, well, Trevor, you have been awesome. I thank you. We thank you. I'm sure the fans yeah, are going to love listening you, to this. Can't wait to see you out there every five days. Can't wait to see you eventually up at Marlins Park. You're going to do great things and uh, great, you know, continue being that amazing person you are. Okay.
4: Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we go, Wade. Me too. And that'll be all for today, folks. Another warm thank you to Trevor Rogers for joining us, for that insight, for that kindness, for that genuineness that you displayed, like I said in the intro, truly one of the nice guys in baseball, and and we can all see why. Uh, Everyone out there listening, Ian, Ethan, and myself have made an executive decision very quickly on the spot that next week will, in fact, be the draft special. We think that it coordinates best with the schedule moving forward we hope to have another prospect coming on two weeks from now so we want to get this draft special for you a full podcast focusing on who the marlins might be targeting why the marlins might be targeting this specific player and our input on what we would do if we were the ones heading this draft so look forward to that being released next week. As always, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. We are across all podcast platforms. And like we said, happy Mother's Day. Go fish.